Hey guys, welcome to Four Dudes in a Mic. This is the pilot episode. I'm your host this episode, Mike Stemmler. Uh, yeah, so we're just going to get kicked off, do a quick intro of each of us here. Um, like I said, my name is Mike. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, moved up here and I work in the food industry. Married, about to have a kid. <coughs> I enjoy the Panthers, Charlotte Hornets, and East Carolina football. And yeah, that's about it. I'm going to swing it over to my main man, John. He's going to give a little intro about himself. Hey guys, my name is John Goodwin. I, um, I'm a Navy brat, so I don't know where the heck I'm from. I, I claim the Seattle area, but Norfolk might as well be home now. But I've been here about 10 years. And uh, something you may or may not care to know about me is that I'm a ha-ha-ha guy when it comes to text. Don't LOL me. All right, thanks. <laughs> All right, we're going to swing it over to Ivister. We have two Matts, so this is we're just going to call him Ivister. All right, guys. My name is Matthew Ivester, originally from Atlanta, Georgia. ITP, it's inside the perimeter. Was in the Navy for six years, married, two girls, another girl on the way, and uh, go Tigers. Also stands for Insane Town Posse. <laughs> Amazing. LOL. And we got our uh, other Matt in the house. We're going to call him Jensen. So, what's up? G'day. Hey, I'm Matt. I'm from Brisbane, Australia. Been living in Norfolk for about two years. Married to a really pretty American girl, and we have a, a little boy together. I, uh, I don't really have a lot of American sport teams to weigh in on, uh, but I do enjoy golf and, unfortunately, the New England Patriots. Awesome. So um, we have one other member who's on a plane jet setting right now. His name's Brandon Crystal. Uh, we'll do an intro with him in another episode, but he's literally always tired, so we're excited <laughs> about that. Um, what we're going to be talking about on this podcast is a range of topics. Uh, today we're going to be talking about church social norms, so buckle up for that. That's going to be awesome. And we also have something going on in society, this bully video that I have some strong opinions about, and I want to hear what the guys have to say about it afterwards. So uh, we're just going to jump right in. We're going to start with uh, some church social norms. So all of us here, we, uh, we attend the same church, and... We enjoy, you know, Christianity in general. It's a great thing. And, you know, I think we've all been there when we're at church and you have these awkward interactions and you don't know quite what to do. So I want to bring them up for discussion. So the very first thing I want to hit on is we've all been there where, you know, you got you get up in the morning, you got to go to church and you got to get your you got to get your bucks because you don't ever want to drink the church coffee house coffee because like, let's be real. It's never good. It's never good unless they have a Starbucks in the the church, which they might have in one of these like big mega churches in Texas. But I always got to stop by Starbucks, so I'm always going to be running late. And inevitably, when I come in, there's always like a prayer going on. I'm trying to get to my seat, and people have their heads bowed, and like I don't want to like kick them on my way to my seat. So like, what do you do in this situation? Do you tap them on the shoulder? Or do you just kind of like try to scoot by? But then my butt's like right in their face as they're trying to pray. So I feel like that's not the answer either. So. That's always kind of some, some, I always pose like a hesitation of what to do. I usually just go with the shoulder tap and they like look at me like you interrupted my holy time. So <laughs> what's y'all's thoughts on like how to handle this situation or if you've interacted in a situation similar to this? Yeah. Yeah. Mike, I got one. How about you just uh, wait? <laughs> <laughs> See, I think, I think that if you're going to come in at prayer time, that's the perfect time to come in because you don't really cause a commotion as far as being noticed. Mm. Mm. 
That's a good move. So, I mean, yeah. Just, just sneak in and sneak I'm, out? I am sneaking okay. in, yes, okay. during the opening prayer and sneaking out yeah. at the closing prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've demonstrated pretty clearly who your real God is, stopping by Starbucks and being late to church. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. You'll deal with your salvation later. <laughs> good. So, keep... <laughs> that's awesome. So, keeping on the theme of prayer, we've all been in small groups where, at the end... You, you do the inevitable circle up, and you hold hands during the prayer circle. I, we've all been there. First of all, I always go two hands over the top. Like, I'm not submitting Dominant. to hands. I'm dominating Dominant. the prayer circle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I believe I'm always going two hands over the top, never interlacing the fingers. I feel like you're getting too intimate at that point. You know, if you're interlacing the fingers, always just over the top. And the other thing, if you don't squeeze the hand at the end of the prayer when amen is said... The prayer doesn't get sent to God. I'm pretty positive about that. Preach. Yeah, it's basically like hitting the send button on an email. You've got to squeeze a hand. So, Jensen, do they have prayer circles in Australia? Is that something they do in Brisbane? Or do you guys just get around and, like, kick a ball through some things and call it football, but it's really just rugby? Mate, uh, I'd be lying (laughs) if I said I hadn't been part of a fair few prayer circles in my time, but... uh, have you ever led, have you lads ever run the gauntlet of a uh, Holy Spirit fire tunnel? That's where that's going down. <laughs> what? A Holy Spirit what. fire tunnel? Yeah. Elaborate. Oh, Please elaborate on the fire tunnel. What kind of church did you guys grow up in? Obviously oh, not a holy one. <laughs> that's right. Just hand, hand squeezers. <laughs> that's right. Starbucks drinking hand squeezers. Yeah. So a Holy Spirit fire tunnel, you get people lining up on two sides like a gauntlet, and you, you like go down the middle and everybody prays for you. Lots of hands tapping shoulders. Occasional hand on the forehead. <laughs> so can you run through this, or do oh, you yeah. just walk? You, you, I mean, it's all up to you. So it's, it's your experience. Like a can, Benny Han, like oh, smack yeah. to the. Can you explain time? to me oh, how yeah. it's formed? Like, does the preacher from the altar say it's fire tunnel time? Like, how does it happen? Mate, that was actually pretty bang on for how it goes. <laughs> no, that is not how it happens. <laughs> no, I've definitely seen that. A preacher happen. gets up and yells out, "It's fire tunnel time!" <laughs> yeah. And you, is it like a hoedown where you like go down the line, kinda, and you have people on well, both sides of you? don't really have a whole lot of frame of reference for what a hoedown is. Okay. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> this is a real thing. Like, if I oh, YouTube yeah. Holy Spirit Fire Tunnel, I'm getting vids. No doubt. <laughs> I reckon. I mean, I've never YouTubed it. Question. I, we have to, I have other stuff I want to talk about, but we have to dig into this. This is unreal that this is a thing. So, did you have any, how, how young were you when you experienced your first fire tunnel? <laughs> how old were you? Oh, I don't know, maybe 14. Okay, so you're young enough to have a friend that wasn't saved, that you maybe brought to church. Did you bring anybody to church and they never experienced a fire tunnel and, like, a fire tunnel broke out and this person's like, I'm never getting saved? (laughs) Spontaneous fire tunneling. (laughs) That's after I did some Mexican food. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, so, all right. So when I was 14, I went to a Christian private school and went to a Christian church. So I didn't have a whole bunch of non-Christian friends. Okay, right. So when I went to university, I so they were all pretty. Sheltered. All your all your younger oh, friends are pretty experienced in pretty, fire tunnels. They were adept. <laughs> Certainly adept. I don't want to be painted an unrealistic picture. This wasn't a. This was not a weekly thing. This was a guess. Pretty. <laughs> this wasn't like a Christine Kane weekly Hillsong Church thing. Negative. Though I have been to Hillsong and I have met Christine Kane. Yeah. Was there a fire tunnel? Because if there, oh, no, she no. sucks. Then. <laughs> Darling, check that off your list. Yeah. Uh, so in college, your friends didn't yeah, experience the fire no, tunnels. No, no, that was more like of a, hey, come along to this extra event. It's going to be wild. <laughs> so it wasn't like in service, like 
I mean, like you'd have a guest bridge come along, maybe a midweek service, and so in the middle of service, y'all break out. Oh yeah, mate, stuff was going down. And then y'all just line up on like like two rows, one on each side of the aisle, and just you run through it. Oh, uh, right. How long do you pause at each person for them to oh, lay hands? Look, whenever I did it, whenever I was yeah. tunneling, I just kind of go <laughs> at like a, a quick walk, you know? Like brisk, like, okay. Uh, between quick and brisk. Okay. You don't want to go too quick because you want the... You want the you, no hands are going to touch you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you've got to get the blessing. <laughs> so what if you walked out like, you know, when the, in football, like they introduce the players and you run through the oh, tunnel yeah, and no, you slap not, hands? Not that like, could you do that? Quick. What if you did that? Well, there wouldn't be time to squeeze, would there? <laughs> okay, so are the people on the outsides of the tunnel, are they holding hands? Negative. No, no. Their hands are up, like creating a tunnel. So it's like you just got married. This is no, what I'm getting no, at. This no, is the no. picture so, I'm getting. No, so not so much an overarching tunnel, more like a gauntlet. You know, like when you're running down a gauntlet and the guys are, maybe this is an Australian thing, but the guys are like smacking you on the ass. It's kind of a football thing. No, yeah, yeah, I got you. All right, yeah. I, it, I, the picture is coming together for me. Yeah, right. So you've got people lining up on either side. You yeah. go down the middle between a slow, brisk, and quick walk, depending on your flavor. And they're just kind of praying for you to go, hand on the shoulder, hand on the forehead, you know. Can anybody go through the, through the fire tunnel? Oh, yeah. So, you know, you start at one end, you go through, then you join the end and pray, and it's kind of like a caterpillar just inching forward. So everybody goes through. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all inclusive. Dude, yeah, I'm just blown. I'm I'm blown like away. We're getting, we're getting into the weeds on this. Yeah. Yeah. But but we found a way to get Mike to skip his Sunday morning Starbucks. Yes. <laughs> Dude, I'm fire telling you tunnel. this much. If there's a fire tunnel, I'm there. <laughs> like I'm skipping Starbucks. I want I want to be in the tunnel. Right. You know what I'm saying? So so I'm being raised so being raised in the church, if like you went to Australia and they broke down a fire tunnel, what would you do first? First thing you would do when you saw that. Knowing first about time. knowing no, about, not it knowing now, about it now. No, not knowing you, about it. Yeah, you just broke out a fire tunnel. What would happen to you? I mean, so the only thing I can really compare this to in my own experience is that in college, I went and played drums for this charismatic church, and I never prayed in tongues before, and so, like, we were in the back, mm. and, like, they prayed in tongues, and I never never had, mm. and so, like, we circled up in a prayer circle. I'm thinking, like, oh, okay, this is, like, a Southern Baptist prayer circle, like, keep it keep it conservative, definitely not the same thing. It's like, and everyone's like, all right, we're all going to pray, and then I'll close us in prayer, so I'm thinking, okay, you know. We'll go around do the popcorn prayer. No, everybody started busting out in tongues, praying. So I just I held hands and just stayed silent the whole time. Yeah. So I think like judging from that scenario, if I was in the midst of a fire tunnel, I'd probably just go along with it. But I don't know if I don't know when it got to my turn to run through what I would do. I honestly I have this no is clue. definitely a tongues heavy situation. Yeah. So tongues is going on oh, yeah. hardcore. So this is like like Southern Pentecostal. Pentecostal. No, don't try and give me your Southern Pentecostal crap on top of my Australian. <laughs> that Pentecostal. <laughs> yeah. Americans do not own the right to tongues. I'm just going to oh, go ahead and say oh, that. Okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jeez, man, that is crazy. So, like, like, what was the frequency of the fire tunnels? I like? don't know. Like maybe. Half a dozen in my lifetime. Okay, it's so not it's not thing. it's not a no. very frequent thing. No. Just but it sounds like you went to a pretty charismatic church. It sounds like you were. It was a lot of spiritual gifts going on, a lot of Holy Spirit moving. Was that is that the way it is in a lot of Australia, or is it like here? Like, because I was I grew up in North Carolina, Matt grew up in Georgia, so I mean, like, you've got like your Southern Baptist, where it's like, dude, you don't dance, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you don't do any of that stuff. But then you have some other charismatic churches, but like I never experienced that till college. So like, what's it like in Australia? Do you have those very conservative churches or no? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. You got Lutherans and Methodists and Presbyterians and whatnot. No Southern Baptists, obviously. They'd be really Southern. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like <laughs> the church I went to went through kind of seasons of spirit gifts and and low seasons and 
Did you go to a, like a big church? Or was it a yeah? It had a twelve or fifteen hundred people, so it wasn't a mega church, big by most standards. Yeah. Wow, it's a big fire tunnel, mate. Yeah, no, not not everybody got involved with the fire tunnel. Like how many people? That is a good question. Though. How many people were typically involved in one? I don't know, mate. I'd honestly be guessing if I tried to throw a number out. Did people sit down during the fire tunnel and not not partake? Yeah, for sure. I don't know well, if it's an act of protest or if their legs hurt or they're just. Uh, Praying in tongues instead of. I'd be the one sitting. I'd be sitting down because my legs probably hurt. Yeah. yeah. You know. I feel like we've got a whole lot of stuff we're gonna have to edit out. No, this is no, this is great. This is amazing. <laughs> we just skipped most of the oh, questions. Oh man, yeah, dude, we're gonna have to. That was incredible. I'm so glad that you well, saved I can't that. Let anybody at home listen to this because they're gonna think I'm painting things in a negative light. No. Okay. Sorry. First of all, That's let's just true. say this about the fire tunnel. There's nothing negative about the fire tunnel. <laughs> Not this one is thing. great. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I might call a fire tunnel on Sunday. Yeah, please do. Yeah, I'm no, gonna I'm not. Get, I'm gonna throw my Starbucks in the trash and jump right in. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. We should just start our own fire. I tunnel think there's just just us. Yeah. No just, one else will join in. Just, just it us. could be weird. <laughs> oh man. All right. So one other thing I do want to touch on before we move on to the more serious topic, even though that got kind of serious, I'm glad it did. But. This is for all your very professional churchgoers. It's something I like to call... Now, if your church only has two services, this is where it would apply. (laughs) It's something I would like to call third service. And I don't know if even you guys know about this, but this is a pro move. All right, tell us about third service. So, you got Sunday football games, right? So, sometimes, you know, if you've got a pass that goes over, you might miss some of the pregame for stuff like that. But you don't want to get up too early to go to the early service. You know, you want to get some sleep. So you go to what's called third service. So you time it where you, if your service starts at 9, you come at like 9.40 when the message starts. Listen to the message. Then you get the response song at the end of service so you can really get spiritual, you know, and really think about how much you love Jesus or if you want to get saved for the 50th time. And so you listen to that, and then you do the dismissal. You go in the cafe, and then you do your post-service mingling but you just stay, and then when the people start filtering in for the next service, you start doing your pre-service mingling with them, attend the worship for the next service, bounce after the worship right after the church greeting. You know, another big positive of this is you usually miss the offering, so then you don't have to get. So it's another big positive. I John, say, I feel like... I, you know, I thought you were going to say that you, you could fellowship with everybody in the church, but... I guess that's that's one way too. I think I think as far as offering goes, there is the awkward moment if you uh, direct deposit, like if you have oh, stuff online, yes. oh, yes. and you're not yes. dropping cash in oh, the basket, yeah. and you're uh, like, like, do you feel obligated to say like, kind of mouth to the usher, direct deposit? <laughs> yeah. I give online. I give online. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. I give so much I can't hold it in my wallet. <laughs> that's why I direct deposit. That's what I usually say. So, John, you seem like you're very, uh, your, your reactions seem to say that you are partaking the third service quite frequently. So, so not quite frequently. I think mm. we discovered this, uh, my wife and I, when our first son was born. And I, if you guys notice, I was the only one not to mention my family off the top. <laughs> and I just want to say, I, no, 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 I just want to say why. I don't want to subject my wife to any further embarrassment. No. Oh, on my, yeah. on, for my not, behalf. Uh, for my behalf. Anyway. Uh, so, yes, uh, we accidentally discovered this because you got to work around, like, nap times and feeding times of the newborn. So we th- – this is not a – I wouldn't say it was a pro move for me. I think we stumbled into it. You stumbled into it. Okay, I have a question, a follow-up question to this then. 
So my follow-up question is this. Like you said, you had a son. So obviously you have to check them in the child care. So if you go to third service, do you check them in the child care twice? Mid first service and you pull them out <laughs> early during the second service? Before you answer that, John, let's just point out that your wife is the children's director. <laughs> Correct. It's not ch- it's not childcare, it's kids' church. It's kids' church. <laughs> They're learning about Jesus. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. They're the next My wife has made sure to let me know that they are the future of the church. Which I am hundred percent on board with and I love that. But back to the real question, do you check your kid in and out? No. Twice. I mean, no, he's he's two now. It was probably he was probably, uh, I don't know, say six or eight months before we took him back, maybe even a year. I forget. It was such a blur. But we were we would sit with him back in the cafe area. Gotcha. Um, just because we were yeah. too scared to not because we didn't trust anyone back in the in the kids church mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. childcare, but because we were just kind of new parents and trying to figure all that figure out. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah. I'm about to be in that boat, the new parent boat. Oh, you'll love it. Well, you're about to be in this boat then because I believe most of us here have gone to the first service, after first service, gone to play outside with our kids, and we stay so long that we stay for worship for the second service. Accidentally. Accidentally. Oh. So we're extra holy, actually. Wow. So what, what service is that then? I don't even know what the, that is. Those that are the, next level? Those are the deleted scenes or the outtakes yeah. at, the end of the, <laughs> at the end of the tit, the disc there. <laughs> the what? The tit. <laughs> nice. Nailed it. Solid. Well, that's all I got on uh, Church Social Norms. I have some more stuff, but we talked about fire tunnels, and I, that was incredible. Hashtag so. fire tunnel. So we're going to segue real quick into a more serious topic, and I'm just going to say the way I feel about it. Some of these guys... These guys have already heard my feelings on it, so I want to hear their feelings on it as well. Maybe they agree with me. Maybe they don't agree with me. I don't know. But there's this video out. What's the kid's name? Keaton? Keaton Jones. Keaton, Keaton Jones. Jones. And he got bullied at school. And I'm not trying to make light of bullying at all. It's a bad thing. I am 100% against bullying. But basically his mom videos her son crying, talking about all the stuff that happened to him, getting ham thrown at him, getting milk poured down his back, all the stuff. And post it on social media, and this thing blows up. You've got celebrities retweeting this thing. You've got celebrities saying, like, yeah, we're going to come to your aid. you got UFC fighters saying, yeah, we're going to come beat up the bullies, which is bullying kids because you're a UFC fighter going to fight a kid and, and, you know, like an eighth grader. Like, cool, <laughs> cool job, dude. Like, that's awesome. You get paid to fight people, and that's a bullying thing. So it just really irritates me that this mom – and if you watch the video – the mom's kind of like egging her kid on to tell more about this story. The kid is like bawling his eyes out. I have no ill will towards the kid. Like he's just like bawling his heart out to his mom. And here's his mom videoing this thing on her phone and posts it on social media and it blows up. And then what the snowballs into is I guess somebody created a GoFundMe page, which is a scam, and $57,000 was donated to it. So I don't even know how that whole thing is going to work. Then after that, people start digging into the mom's life and find out she has a Confederate flag and this, and people are saying she's a racist, which is cyberbullying. So now we got an anti-bullying video posted by a mom who's basically, to me, exploiting her son, and now she's getting cyberbullied. So I don't really understand what the whole point of this is, and basically, to me, I just feel like it's so wrong that this parent decided to exploit her son and put it on Instagram or wherever it's blown up, and they got this, like, couple minutes of fame and all these celebrities. And I just don't understand it. Like, why can't we just keep 
some of our stuff still private and today where obviously everything's out there on social media. I get it. But like, I don't know what you guys' feelings are on keeping things more private in your home and not using social media to exploit your families. <laughs> Breath. <Wow>. Sorry. <laughs> that was a long thing. That was bad, but I was just Another fired up about guy. it. I don't know. It's, it's tough, man, because here's why it's good is that it sheds light on bullying, whether or not, you know, if you take into account the mom's alleged background, because you can dig up pictures of just about anything. There's, there's stuff that, like, might be hoaxes, might be real stuff, I, and, and that's neither here nor there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think I was bullied, but I think that was back in the day when, oh, someone threw sand at you, you threw it back at them. Yeah. Now it's like kind of like the NFL thing where maybe the second guy gets caught, but now it's like the first guy gets caught before he even does it because it's like a preemptive thing. Does it make sense? Yeah. So I think the mom, you, you use the word exploited. I think that there was definitely some of that. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I agree with you on that. I just don't know if the, is the video, in your opinion, about the kid or is it about the mom? Because if it's about the mom, then it's appropriate to dig up dirt on her. If it's yeah. about the kid, then all that's irrelevant. To me, I feel like it's, the video is about the mom, and that's why it frustrates me. And I guess my other, I guess a question I'll pose to Jensen is, if you saw your son come to you crying, is your first thought like, let me video this and post this social media? Even if it, your intention is, let me make, I'm going to get this bully, I'm going to make sure he never bullies anybody again, like, you're putting your son out there crying on social media to you. All right, is that like, how's your mind go there? Like, what do you think as a parent yeah. in that situation? So before I answer your question, I think the unintended sequelae of this is his 15 minutes of fame is going to disappear pretty quickly, and then he's going back to school where these bullies have now been humiliated, and they're going to bully him even worse, is what I imagine is going to be the end result of this, and the rest of the world's going to forget about it. Of course my first thought is not to video my kid if he's upset after being bullied at school. I can't even begin to imagine the thought process that would lead to making a decision like that, nor can I understand the thought to then share that online. Having said that, I don't know that it's a deliberately exploitive strategy, you know. Maybe she doesn't have all her kangaroos up in the top paddock, you know, like, <coughs> she just might not be the brightest bulb in the bunch and this is her coping mechanism. I can't even begin to speak to that. But I think any time somebody who is not used to the spotlight, somebody who's not a professional celebrity or famous person is thrust into the spotlight, this, it always gets messy, both for the person themselves and also the people around them. And so I can't see how anything good is going to come out of this. Bullying is already on the national stage. You know, there's already conversations happening about this. I don't know that this furthers the cause in any helpful way. On the subject of bullying, did you all see that um, adult actress out in California who killed herself? Yes. Last week after an online bullying campaign? Mm -hmm. yeah. So this is just, I think, similar. You know, like the online justice warriors who feel so self-righteous sitting in their living room smashing on a keyboard, supposedly, you know, supposedly... Um, bullied an adult actress because she didn't want to do a scene with a man who'd starred in same-sex pornography because um, of safety concerns. And so she just got roasted online and was found dead by her husband a couple of days later in their home. <laughs> like, how horrific is that? You know, these idiots with keyboards. That's all I have to say. Nothing yeah. useful. So, Ivester, I guess, like, for the final thought of this topic of just bullying in general and cyberbullying is just, like, if you want to talk about maybe, like, having two girls, having another girl, and just from growing up and how different it is now with all the stuff, with all the social media stuff online and all that stuff. And, like, 
especially like with females and like imaging and stuff like that and putting stuff out like where does your mind go or stuff that you're just kind of maybe thinking about as a dad like how am I going to care for these girls as they get into these older ages where they're going to be encountering this kind of stuff and you know all this stuff with cyberbullying and you, you don't even have to worry back in the day it was just you had to worry about what happened on the playground and now you have to yeah. worry about what's happening just on the internet yeah, I think my wife and I made it very clear that our girls are not getting cell phones or social media till they're uh, about 18 years old. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's tough. I mean, imaging is is huge for girls, and I mean, obviously, I'm not a woman, but uh, being married to one and uh, having two girls, and how she sheds light on that for me. Our girls are very different in, in body size now. I mean, they're four and two, so it's not like they're gonna be that way forever. But uh, we are very self-conscious about how we speak about our bodies around when they're here, when they're listening, because their ears, you know, pick up on everything. So we don't like go around the house saying, "Oh, I need to lose some weight. Oh, I look fat." You know, we don't say that just because we know that, you know, those minds are moldable at a young age. So we don't want to say things like that to make them think that that's something that they need to say or something they they see about themselves. I think just raising someone in a confident light, I mean, that's kind of a joke in the house, but it's like, I'll tell my daughter, oh, I love you so much, you're so kind, and then I'll go on, like, and smart, and important, and gentle, and careful, and strong, and athletic, and like, <laughs> you just go on these things, you just want to make them confident, and make them feel confident, I think that carries over, and I mean, open dialogue is huge, I think the mom, I mean, that mom, that situation, to film that, I mean, that's, that's something I would never would have done. I mean, I guess if she wanted to document that moment to, send to when she went to talk to the principal or somebody about it and show, like, this is what's going on. Here's, like, what's really, I mean, I don't know. But I never would have filmed that. I don't know. And something else that's interesting, too, is because this whole issue also is, um, it's, so this mom, good intentions, bad intentions, whether she want to exploit something, she posted it. 20 million views later, people are digging up stuff on the mom trying to, to, uh, what debunk it or uh, what? Discredit her. Yeah, discredit her in in this whole situation. She's like, oh, this isn't bullying. This is just a mom trying to get by or be famous. I mean, it's just weird. I mean, I saw on the news when you said you want to talk about this. I looked it up online, and uh, people, you know, were posting discrediting this whole woman. And then they're bringing up issues about, you know, white people getting, you know. I mean, if they're bullied, they get more credit or more spotlight attention from celebrities than, than black kids. And it's just, it's such a messy issue. I mean, I don't know. It's its tough. It's weird. Bullying is, is horrible. I mean, and it's weird. I've never experienced bullying. And I feel like, you know, growing up, I never experienced it myself. I never bullied. And then I never saw bullying, I don't think. I can never, like, think back in time and be like, oh, man, that kid was such a bully. Or, you know, I don't know. It's just... It's something yeah. I never saw or experienced. So it's so when people, it's like so, so I'm kind of out of touch with the bullying. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I it's, feel it's yeah. different. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, growing up for me, I was definitely like, I'm still a bigger dude, but I was definitely like a fat kid growing up a little bit. And so, like, I definitely got made fun of for my size and like being adopted. <laughs> I even had people kind of make fun of me because I was adopted, but my parents loved me so much. Like, I was always so confident. Yeah. So, like, it didn't really affect me that much, you know? But, like, I, I definitely got bullied and picked on and stuff. And um, I don't know. It was never never to the degree that that kid said the stuff that he dealt with. But, you know, I just also remember getting bullied and picked on and coming <laughs> home and talking to my mom about it and them not videoing me and 
<laughs> you know, throwing it out there, but like, the just, cam yeah, and, yeah. And also the other part of it too is like, and I'm sure, <laughs> I, yeah, with the JVC cam court, <laughs> I'm sure this mom probably told her son, you know, you got to go back and face your demons and stuff. But like, I do feel like that's kind of like what my parents told me was like, hey, you got to, you got to go back and face them head on. So I don't know, interesting takes and interesting uh, topics and ideas from everybody. Yeah. So I think, I think Matt brought up too that. When this kid goes back to school after this all blows over, it will be very interesting to see what happens. But we're I feel never like this know. Kid, yeah, and I feel like this kid's gonna be bullied so much harder. Well, for I that. think too, like in fairness to the mom, <laughs> I think it was just a. It, I do think it was a good intentioned trying to stick up for her son, uh, to try to shed light on what had been happening to him. Right. I just think it wasn't channeled well. Yeah, I think it was sent down the wrong fire tunnel. The road to hell. <laughs> the wrong fire tunnel. <laughs> Oh, man, that was, all, that was incredible. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If anybody listened out there, uh, this is Four Dudes in a Mic with uh, the pilot episode. So stay tuned for more. Thanks. Out.